inch less, letter Aleph. And the title of the mimer is Levada, which means by himself, and Levadad, which also means alone. And we'll see the contrast here. Uh, uh, saying before, you, uh, this is the, uh, one of the old Mamaros that has a, a song after. Oh, yeah? And the Swamadig in Veniska, the Shem I think it was sort of based on the theme of this. Of this. Okay, let's go. Kasib, the Torah writes, by Yavasar Yaakov Levado, Yaakov was left alone by himself after he had crossed his whole family. And then he went back, it says, for Pachim Kitan in small flasks. And a man wrestled with him until the rising of the dawn. That's the Pesach from the Torah. This is right leading up to the wrestling match with the Malach of Esau. Bibshuto, based on the shot of the Pesach, Kaperush Shanishar Levad that he was left by himself without any help, without any support. There was nobody there with him. He was by himself. He had already taken everybody else across, and now he went back. Also it says, the malachim that were with him, because Yaakov had malachim accompanying him all the time, they left him at this point. And he was left by himself to wrestle with the malach, the angel of Esa. As it says in the Midrash Tanhuma, Ish Zeh Samoel. It says a man wrestled with him. Who is that Samoel? That's the name of the Malachamavis, the Yetzirahara. Saro Shal the angel of Esav, Shabikesh Lahorgo, who wanted to kill Yaakov. To the Milas Levado, Marumas Gamkain, Shanisha Levado, Belishum Siyua Ruchni. He says also the word alone, Levado, teaches us that he didn't have spiritual support in this instance either. It wasn't just that there were no human beings and malachim, but some kind of ruchniyas asiyatadishmaya was not there with him, although that does seem to cross over into the malachim too. This is a theme Orgada Yahu writes about often, that when a person is in the Shas HaNesoyon, in a time of struggle, what that really means is that he's left to his own strength. He's not getting extra support from Hashem. But Hashem leaves him as he is, just as he is, with all of his kochos, and asks him to fight or struggle, Belishum Siyo, without a special extra support, Min HaShemayim. Only his own intrinsic latent kochos were with him. With them he must overcome and to stand up to his challenge, his test. 
This too was a test for Yaakov, a challenge for him, a struggle. As we will explain. So Yaakov was by himself without any support. So he had no people with him. He had no malachim with him. And not only that, but sometimes Hashem gives somebody you know, some extra madregas, some higher levels that they don't, they're not really rightfully theirs, but Hashem will give them over to this person so they can conquer a certain uh, obstacle. But in the time of Nisayon, even that extra support is, is gone. It's the person, who they are, confronting the Nisayon, and that's how the Nisayon goes. So that's Levada, that's his definition of Levada. Yes, a Victor. There's a conceptual difference between an Nisayon and some other kind of test. There's yeah, we kind of difficult all the time, but they're not, they're not all Nisayonis. In this getter, I, I would agree with you that in Nisayon there's a special kind of test where a person is left really as they are. And we have other challenges in life, but maybe in those challenges we have a little Seyati Dishmaya or we have other people with us. It's not Levado. It's not just the person as they are. So yes, there's a little bit of a contradiction to what you told the brother. That Hashem says, I will watch over you. That's a, that's a, very, that's a very good question. Very good question. Yeah, very good question. I got to think about that a little bit. Think about it a little bit. Okay. spiritual test? Yes. I mean, it's a very complete, thorough test. Usually not in just one Nakuda, but there's a, a totality of a level a person has reached, and now Hashem is testing that Madrega for a person to climb to the next one. The Midrash Rabbah says in the Midrash, Ein Kokel Yeshuru, there is no other um, God like the the God of Yeshuru and the God of Israel. Ein Kokel, Umi Kokel Yeshuru. So the Midrash Darshan's it. There's nobody like Hashem. But who is like Hashem? Yisroel, the Jewish people. Yeshurun is Yisroel. An interesting drasha kind of takes it out of the simple meaning of the Midrash. It says nobody's like Hashem, but then it says, but who's like Hashem? Yeshurun, the Jewish people. What does that mean? HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mesim. God gives life to those who have died. The Eliyahu Mesim. Eliyahu Hanavi was a human being. He was a member of Yeshurun, of Kla Yisrael. He brought somebody back to life. He had that koach. And who is like the God of Yeshurun? Yisroel Saba, the Ancient One of Israel. Right, what does that mean? Maha Kodesh Baruch Bo, the Niskav Hashem Levado, just as it says, Legabe HaKadosh Baruch that God is exalted alone, God, or God alone is exalted. Af Yaakov, so too it says Yaakov is left alone. So Yisroel Saba, the ancient one of Israel, this is referring to Yaakov Avinu, who earned the name Yisroel. And it says, just as Hashem is exalted, Levado, unto himself, so here Yaakov was left, Levado, by himself. Adkan. That's the end of the Midrash. Lukas Fasemis Mavur. Lukas Fasemis writes, Shadrashas Hapasuku. 
Ke'ilu kesiv ein kokel ve'ein ke'yeshuru that what, it, what the Midrash is trying to say, that it's as if the Pasuk said, there's nobody like Hashem, and there's nobody like Yeshuru. V'hadimyan hu nora. And of course, this comparison is awesome, to comp- compare anybody to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to compare the Jewish people to God, is a, is a noridika thing, that's an unbelievable thing. The kemosha la'asid lavo kesiv v'niskav Hashem levado, just as in the time of our future redemption, Hashem alone will reign. He always does, but it will be revealed then. Meaning that at that time it will be revealed to all people that Hashem alone reigns supreme. That nobody else, no, no other power exists outside of God. Yaakov reached this level. What he means to say is that Yaakov reached the level of a hakora, a recognition of Hakadosh Baruch Hu as being completely all-powerful, the only koach. In a revealed way, Yaakov Avinu got that hasoga while he was still in an olam hazeh context. It's really a Mashiach view a reality that a person could see that revealed. It's a Geula perspective. Yaakov Avinu reached that perspective while living in this world. That's Levado. That's the alone. That he recognized Hashem as the only being in, in a revealed uh, in a revealed sense. Um, I'll take the question. Please. New Avraham Yitzhak. What does it mean that they didn't, they didn't reach the supremacy? Well, I don't know that it means that they didn't. The other Abbas didn't. I don't know that it means that. Certainly, Avram Avinu had a recognition of Hashem that was unparalleled. But it's focusing on Yaakov and this um, and this particular event in his life where he was massing that. Or it could also mean that there was something unique about his hakara. And I think that's true. Each of the Avos recognized Hashem in a certain way, but there was something unique about their hasaga that the other of the others didn't have. We have to try and pin down what that was. I'm not so sure what that is. V'yesh l'havin. Let's try to understand madrega shel levado. What this means, levado, alone. Alpi divrei hachovas halavavos, the classic sefer. So shar habitachon, in the end of the shar habitachon, the gate of trust. Shemitayr Shum Hamala Hayoser Gadola. The Chavas Halavavos describes the highest level, Shevamadregus Habodchen, of those who truly trust in God. Kiyimas Ba'ulam Hazer Ubisibosav. In English it doesn't come out so well, but let's just translate it. It's one who detests this world and all of its occurrences. And they take flight in their mind and in their body to Hashem, blessed be He. And they are thoroughly in love with Hashem's uh, the mention of His name. There's that word now. Alone. They take 
a certain personal refuge in Hashem alone. And they are desolated from any other thought outside of the thought of Hashem's greatness. And even when this person is amongst others, they only yearn for God's will. And they only desire God's closeness. That was a quote from the Chobos Salavavos, talking about <laughs> a person who is totally able to see beyond the veil of the material world and completely connect to HaKadosh Baruch Now this doesn't mean that the material world isn't real, because that's not a Jewish concept. Olamazeh is real, noteworthy place. But the idea is to see beyond the veil of nature and to connect with the absolute presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he calls that in the Chobos Halavavos Bedidus, Badud. It's just a person goes there by themselves. They're able to really get beyond everything else and reach HaKadosh Baruch Hu and spend that personal, intimate time with Hashem. No matter who they're around, no matter who they're with, they're able to break through to the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that lies everywhere. Yes, Mark. I have a question, Mark. Well, <laughs> I guess Mark H. He's here. Okay, I have a question. You mentioned about materialism, the fact that we don't, we don't ignore it and it is real. But didn't the one of the ancient philosophers, Spinoza, talked about uh, something called pantheism? In other words, everything was uh, one in essence, you know, and all that. Do we still have that type of thinking today, or did it just die out when he... You know? No, actually, that's not something we believe. Because there's a right. very important distinction there that the Spinoza's was of the opinion that this is God, mm -hmm. that everything is an extension of God, that nature is God. That's really apicorosis. Yeah, no. But the idea of the... What we're saying is that this table isn't God, and that tree is not a Kodesh Barafu. Right. But Hashem's Ratzon is giving life to that tree. His, his will is masked by that tree, by that plant giving life to it. That's the Jewish concept. It's a subtle difference, but it's it's night and day. Right, okay. Yes, Mark? Is he referring to, like, Hispodidus? He's referring to Hispodidus, but Lavdas to, to be not around people. Now, the, the word Hispodidus in more contemporary context is that you go out right. and you spend time by yourself in the woods or in a quiet place and contemplate HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Breslov is very strong on that concept. So that's his Bodidus in the more more contemporary context. But this Lashon of Bedidus that the Phobos Halavovus uses doesn't mean that you're by yourself. And that's why he says even when you're amongst people, he's able to be alone with God. You could be in a crowd, but you're alone with Hashem. It's just you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And not antisocial. You know, this person I'm sure is a Balfesset and and everything like that. But they they have grasped Hashem's presence where they are. We're talking about a tremendous much right now. I, mean, I thought that the implication by Yaakovina was that he went, he was totally alone. Now here he is, in Afinami. When, when it comes to Yaakov, he was alone. We have to see how he ties these right. ideas together. He was Chaka alone. So no people, no malafim, right. nobody. But the but the, the state of the Didus, he's saying, 
doesn't have to occur when you're by yourself. It means a person who's together with God, no matter where they are. Yaakov, circumstantially here, was truly alone. That had to do with his Messiah, of being left to his own purpose. So it's really, there's really two categories right. of aloneness. That's there's right. Aloneness with people that you're alone with, Kodesh Right. And then there's totally aloneness, even from the Kodesh Baruch Yeah. I mean, not, not from a Kodesh Baruch but without his extra help, without his extra siyat yeah. to Examine this concept at this at this moment of Nisoyan, Yaakov doesn't perceive the presence of Hashem or doesn't he doesn't have help. He doesn't have He doesn't have a, a, a special Siyata Dishmaya. But although we have to see how he ties it together, what I think he's saying until this point is that he was able, even in that circumstance of being completely alone, to reach out and reach to the enormous closeness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that, that enabled him to uh, overcome Asa. But he did that out of his own koah. He didn't do that with help. He didn't get an extra, you know, nudge there. He, he attained that of his own koah and his own choice. They were, indeed. That's, I believe that's even a higher Madrega. Because it's not only what Moshe Rabbeinu was able to perceive, but he could even speak to Akadosh Baruch Hu at will. He was in a perpetual state of Nevuah, in a certain sense. He could talk to God and right, get an answer. Right. Yaakov had that perception. Certainly he could talk to Akadosh Baruch Hu, but whether Hashem would talk back, you know, in, in Dibur, that's not necessarily so by Yaakov Avinu, by anybody else except for Moshe Rabbeinu. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I do not think he's talking about detachment. But what I really, because that's really an Eastern concept. I really think he's talking about complete awareness. So yeah, complete awareness. Right. Well, that means mean to say that he, he is not interested in the material world for its own sake. And he doesn't detach himself from it, but he penetrates the material world. I think that's the feeling. We're not setting ourselves away from the world, but we're kind of going like this, you know? Looking through, looking through, looking through, till we penetrate and, and find our Kodesh Baruch Hu's presence. And we, we're not... We're not into detachment. Were, weren't there the tzaddikim that did different? I mean, like, you know, like all went to Gullis for five years. Sure, yeah, but that wasn't about detachment. That was about anivus. That was about being metake in the Gullis Hashrina and other, you know, hashmanus uh, that they had, a certain kind of kapora that that was. That, but that wasn't, I mean, in a certain respect, that was throwing yourself to the whims of the, of the material world. You know, they didn't go into a nice 
check into a nice hotel <laughs> for a year, you know, and just, you know, <laughs> they were throwing themselves to the whims of gullahs, you know, and anything that the, the, the world might bring their way. Well, actually, the truth is what you're saying is, is really a, a real negation of the Eastern idea, because the truth is you can't run away from You can't. You're in it. You can't. Even if you go to a cave, you're you know, there. You're there. Right. I think that's, that's um, emphasized in this, uh, in this phrase, Yibra, B'machshava, Sechapu B'gufa. Taking, uh, taking uh, leave or separating from, with, from his thought and from his thought. Wait, good. No, not with separating his, from with, with, his, with right, with his mashav and with, and his, with his guru, body, he's going to go to go to Hashem. Yeah. With it, with, through the body, through right. the body, right? Going to go to Hashem, right? Okay. I, I, a little bit. Yeah. Question, please. It's an interesting lashon to use the yishtami too. It's, it's the same word by uh, uh, Daniel. I think congrats and uh, that's a. It's a lesson of desolation. desolation. Right. That's right. And here it means that all other thoughts in his mind have been um, put aside. They've been become desolate except for the thought of Hashem. Okay. Kiteba Ha'odam. It's the nature of a human being who to want to be involved with other people. We have a social bent. So much so that we feel if we don't have the company of other people that we're lost. We need to have other people's presence. Either a chavrusa or a death. And so Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. And we said, give me a chavrusa or give me death. Right? Is there some kind of a, a evolution here? Yeah, or yeah. An evolution? <laughs> and so too, even when a person is alone by themselves with their own thoughts, he still is inclined to think about things. How would this look in the eyes of others? So one could be alone, you know, in a deserted place, or else you're in your house by yourself, and we're still thinking about what would this look like in the eyes of other people, because we're very attached to them. The level that the Chobos Halavavos is referring to. Sheyachol ha'adam lihiyos levado, afilu kishuhu nimsa bein b'nei adam. That this person can truly follow their own thoughts even when they're with people. Or do we have enough time not being preoccupied with what other people are thinking when we're not with people? Even when we're by ourselves, it's hard to get to that. This person, this madrig, is even somebody who's with others is so devoted and given over to the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that that's where they're at. And to be close in their thoughts with God. That's the Madrega of Levado. 
Bekavonas Hamidrish Hu, and the intent of the Midrash is Shekamo Sha'achdusa Yisbarach Eino Tali Bishum Dover Zulasa. This is a tenet, this is a Yasod of Aramuna. God's oneness is not dependent on anything else. It's strictly in and of itself. Achdus. Kain Kain Zeh Hayadirgus Yaakov Levado. So too, Kiviyachal, it's not the same thing. The Yaakov Avinu by himself had reached the level where he was alone with God with no support, no help, no assistance. He got there, self-made, you might say. He was there with HaKadosh Baruch. The Yesh, Yesh Lahamik Habir. He says, let's take this a little deeper. The Yadua, Shekol Echad Meha Avos Nisnaseh Every one of the Avos were challenged in their own Midah. Avraham was challenged in Chesed, Yitzchak and Din, Yaakov and Emes. To clarify and to cleanse, purify the Mido that was specific to them. That had to be absolutely pure. The Yaakov Avinu, We know Yaakov was challenged often in the realm of truth, which was his Mido, honesty. And he endured many Nisyonos in Lavan's house that were a challenge to Yaakov's Midah of Emes. V'chein im Esav, and likewise with Esav. V'af nithnasa im alachim. He was even challenged by angels. K'moshikasu v'sof parshas v'yetzeh, as it says in the end of last week's parsha, v'inyan v'yifku'u bo malachei elokim. It says that angels of God met him. Machane mul machane. So apparently this is a chazal. It says one camp facing the other that we usually look at the pshat of this, this psukim, that the angels came to accompany him. This chazal seems to say that they came to challenge him. But he doesn't get into it. I'm not familiar with it, so I can't elaborate. So too, at the end, the beginning of this parasha, it says Yaakov sent malachim, which means messengers, but it also means angels. And Rashi says malachim mamish. Yaakov actually sent angels to Esav to see what was happening, where he was at. That Yaakov had power over Malachim, and he was able to use them according to his will. Right, that's, not, that's something that we see by great people, that they had koah over Malachim, and they were able to instruct Malachim to do certain things. Kimiras emes tovaas the Midah of Emes, it has a claim on us. What it claims from us is that we be complete in every circumstance. Emes applies to every circumstance of our life. Right, we could say that maybe Chesed doesn't apply here, maybe Gavura doesn't apply here. Emes applies everywhere. The Midah of Emes applies in all of life's circumstances. Lo Raki Manash, not only with people, even with Malachim, a person has to be devoted to the Midah of Emes. This is the order of the Parshios that we've looked at, we've learned, to clarify, purify the Midah of Emes of Yaakov. And he lifted himself so much so that he was at the level of Levado. That he had reached that level of emes, 
uh, what, what we would call pretty close to absolute truth. I think what I want to do just for the end is I want to see the last part of this mimer. Yeah. So he's he, he saying then that uh, that uh, I mean he's not really saying how you can attain to that that very good thing. I mean, he doesn't say how to do it. Right. He no, he does not. No, he does not. He's describing Yako's. Um, so that's not something to strive for. Well, maybe well, you can I mean, strive for it, right? Over the course of a lifetime, yeah. I don't think we could become Yaakov Avinu, but to see our abilities, to see our Yakolas, to, to strive to that as much as possible. And it's a very poignant thing he says about, uh, well, I had a number of thoughts actually. The first poignant thing in terms of uh, not being affected by what other people have been think of, about you, even when you're alone. I mean, there are probably few of us that really can pay that much, right? right? No less so when we're actually with people. people. So, the other thought I had is, if he had such, if Yaakov Avina had the cop where he could actually, you know, like Rashi says, send out Mal Malachim Mamish, yeah. they were actually in Malachim, and this was through his koach, then you know, you asked yourself the question, then what did he have to fear from Esau? I mean, if he could marshal the Malachim Asharis to his, you know, that could call, what could, either, either Esau was something on such a madrega of Koach, you know, that it's he had to fear an even with such. Hen Yigrom Yaakov was afraid of it, that maybe he had some Avera, and that little Avera that he had would leave him vulnerable. To I want to tell you really a Maridik Kuyakar I saw because it's on this Nakuda. He asked, what does it mean that Yaakov was afraid Shema Yigramachet? Maybe that Achet would cause him to lose Hashem's protection. So Hashem told him twice that I will watch over you. The first time was 20 years ago when he had the Nabur of the Sula. But the second time was as he was just taking leave of Levin. He said, that was eight days ago. So he said, do you want to say that Yaakov Avinu thought that between now and eight days ago there was some kind of a fate that would take away his protection from HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How is that possible? The Kliyakar said that there's a Chazal which says, any person who flatters another person inappropriately, false flattery, he will in the end fall into his clutches. So Yaakov had just sent all these gifts to Esav. He called Esav Adoni, my master. And he called himself Abdaba, your servant. Yaakov thought that in itself may have been the fate. That maybe he had gone overboard and had flattered Esav across the line. And it says, Kol Chavera, a person who flatters a person unnecessarily, superfluously, Sofa Yavobiyado, you'll fall into their clutches. So it had just happened. What he just did with Esau, that was what he was concerned about. Shema Goram that maybe he went too far with his appeasement. And in that sense, he became vulnerable. So Yaakov was on the Madreg where he could instruct Malachim, Tamalachim what to do, but still, uh, a Yaakov's 
vulnerability to Asas is based on when we have our own spiritual shortcoming at whatever Madrega they may, they may be. Does the plea upgrades the question? Pardon me? Does he say that Yaakov was, in other words, it was the Kassara that he did? No, he just says that was his concern. That was Yaakov's concern. That's what he was concerned about. So it seems, though, that was, I was going to say a false concern, but how do you say Yaakov? Sadiqim Nidunin Kahud Hasaira, I mean, they're judged by the, the width of the hair, by the fine measure of the hair. I mean, one false move, you know, for Yaakov Aminu is, is an enormous, enormous thing. So my question was this, oh, is that sorry. the fact that Esau didn't attack him at that time, is that the Raya that he didn't need to uh, worry about this? Uh, or not quite. is he, the he, fact that we did eventually go into Dulles by him and Esau? That I'm not sure. He doesn't address that. But he does say that even even if Yaakov did have that faith um, of uh, flat, flattering Asa, that his sapus was so great anyway that it would not have left him vulnerable. I guess my one thing I was reading about this week's Porsche, the 400 men that, uh, that Asa had in his army, it was actually they were leaders of uh, some sort of battalion. Or, uh, yeah, but they so were an army. So it's an army. So they were talking about each each area had a each man each was a captain about ten thousand or a thousand. Oh, that I don't know. This, oh. this I don't know. Yeah. So did you see something like that? That each I'm one was a, a captain. You saw that, Bruce? Well, the four hundred men were actual leaders of, of the larger. They were like generals. Troop. Generals, I see. So, so it was a pretty significant. So you army. need a four hundred thousand men to go against a very small. There's something wrong with that. <laughs> Militarily, I guess you know, he knew Yakov's yeah. Right. yeah, I just want to point that out. Okay. Right, yes, you can. Let's go. Everybody have a good shot. Thank you, Sean. Okay. Uh -huh. Thank you. Thank you.